from the newsroom of South Coast Today. This is ST Speaks, a podcast diving deeper into the news of the day and covering hot-button issues that matter to you. You're listening to ST Speaks. Welcome back to the Courtside with Kurt podcast. I'm Standard Times digital editor Brendan Curie, alongside longtime Courts and Cops reporter Kurt Brown. Thanks for being here, Kurt. Nice to be here, Brendan. All right. Today we're going to talk about a case where the the case itself might not be as interesting as some of the ones we talked about, but the uh, bail hearing uh, was interesting. But- that is correct. So this this was one where the Valor Act came into play. Uh, it ended up not coming into play, but there was a request that the Valor Act, uh, which was uh, enacted in 2012 under Governor Deval Patrick, and it allows district court judges to use their discretion uh, when it comes to veterans who have been accused of criminal offenses for the first time and allows them to seek rehabilitation and counseling uh, before their arraignment. That is correct, yeah. It is a uh, court diversion program. It is uh, pre-arraignment. Um, the, this uh, law uh, became, uh, became law in 2012. The intent was to help um, uh, Iraq and Afghanistan veterans who are having trouble with PTSD flashbacks um, in their return stateside. So this came up locally uh, in the case of Warren R. Broughton, a 69-year-old Dartmouth man uh, who had been arrested after a couple of incidences where he's alleged to have uh, uh, beaten his uh, a victim, a female victim, I guess I don't know what their relationship was, um, as well as two of her dogs. That is correct. Um, and then it, so his lawyer argued that the Valor Act should apply to him. Hmm. Uh, whereas uh, the prosecution and uh, eventually the judge decided that it should not. Right. And so some of that was uh, in, involving the dates involved with the incident and when this law went into effect? Mm-hmm. The, um, <clears throat> the incident happened on, it's important to remember these, these two dates. Uh, the, for, uh, the, there was two incidents of violence. The second incident happened on April 12th, uh, the law <clears throat> was changed under the Criminal Justice Reform Act uh, the day after, on April 13th. Uh, and the law was changed in such a way that the two charges um, against Mr. Broughton uh, no longer qualified him for the Valor Act. So what they did was they took domestic violence out of the Valor Act, basically, right? Or Actually, it's for crimes um, where uh, there is an incarceration, a maximum incarceration for five years. But oh, that's okay. to be really technical. Uh, they, uh, he is charged with assault and battery with a dangerous weapon because he uh, banged her head uh, on the hardwood floors. So basically, there were a, a law went into effect, a change in the law went into effect on April thirteenth, that changed the uh, charges that apply where could be applied changed under the Valor his Act. Eligibility. His eligibility. Um, yeah. So he's been charged with assault and battery with a dangerous weapon, assault and battery on a family household member, and two counts of animal cruelty. Right. 
The first incident was on March 23rd. Mm-hmm. Um, he is accused of punching a dog named Daniel in the head mm-hmm. when the dog placed his head on Broughton's lap. That's correct. And then the second incident was April 12th. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, uh, he is accused of grabbing a different dog, a blue, a golden retriever, by the neck and choking the animal. Uh, when uh, the the victim, a Louise guy, mm-hmm. uh, asked him to release a dog, he pushed her down and banged her head on the hardwood floor. So those, those are the two instances that he's being charged with. Uh, you, said, you said his lawyer uh, asked that they divert the case for treatment instead of being allowed to pursue criminal charges. And the, uh, the judge, uh, Edward F.X. Lynch, denied that request. That did correct. he get into his reasoning on that, or yeah, did he? He gave no reasons whatsoever, but... <clears throat> In fairness to the defense, it is important to mention that the change came after the incident. So the incident uh, predated uh, the change in the law. Um, The judge did not give any reasons why uh, he... uh, he he decided that the Valorac was not appropriate for this case, uh, and he moved it uh, for arraignment. So now the prosecutor, uh, Jennifer Soa, am I pronouncing that right? Um, so she said that uh, there's no evidence that his actions relate to his service in Vietnam. That's correct. Um, now, does that actually matter, I guess, in the Valorac? Yes, it should. Okay. Uh, um, I mean, so much time has passed between the Valor Act. And, I'm sorry. So much time has passed from the Vietnam War to to uh, to, to right now. Uh, and in uh, his attorney's uh, memorandum, they did not show the, what evidence it was that compelled him to act out the way he did. If he had some certain diagnoses or something right. like that, uh, right. yeah. So yeah, there, are, oh, go ahead. So there also is a question. Um, this law is intended for first-time offenders. That's exactly what I was going to get into okay. here. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, go so, right ahead, Brendan. Yeah. So it's it's uh, criminal offenses for the those accused of criminal offenses for the first time. Right. So I was a little. So your story mentioned that the prosecution said Broughton has eight previous defaults for assault dating back to 2004. So explain to me and maybe some of our listeners what that exactly means. Well, I mean, they, the court goes to the bottom line. Mm-hmm. So the court will go to the board of probation record and they'll, uh, they'll look for um, guilty, uh, guilty findings, guilty convictions. Um, there were, although there was eight defaults and you have to be charged to get those defaults, there were no convictions. So what exactly is the difference between a default? What is a default then? Not showing up for court. Okay. And that did, but that did not result in a conviction? No. Because normally you would assume if you don't show up for court, eventually you're going to get convicted. Uh, I forget the term for it when you're you know, absent. Well, you show up for court um, based on a charge, and the charges were all dismissed or dropped. Okay, so that's the key. So he, he had had a bunch of charges previously dropped. However... <laughs> there was one charge, and it came up in court, that he was found guilty and given probation uh, for stalking. Now, it's unclear whether or not the victim in that case is the same as the victim in the two animal cruelty cases. Uh, I asked the prosecutor, and she was uncertain about it. He uh, 
Mr. Broughton was given a guilty and probation. Uh, and then his attorney came back to court and asked for what they call a revise and revoke because he had gotten uh, treatment. And um, the finding of guilty was changed to continued without a finding. And that is not a, a guilty plea. So at some point he did have a guilty on his record and That's then right. it got changed. Right. And uh, so there's a lot of kind of different machinations happening here and wrinkles and... Uh, it's murky. Yeah. yeah it's it's murky when you keep in mind that this law is intended for first-time offenders. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier it's in its was kind of enacted for guys in more recent wars and people who have more of a strong string between the crime that they committed and some type of PTSD right. or post-war uh, you know, disability. Right. Um, for In the reporting of this story, I spoke to uh, State Representative Chris Markey, who represents part of New Bedford and uh, Dartmouth, lives in Dartmouth. He's the son of the former mayor of New Bedford, as everyone knows, John Markey, former presiding judge of New Bedford District Court, John Markey. And so Chris had told me that one of the areas where this bill needs to be uh, tightened up is in a better tracking system mm -hmm. to determine whether or not uh, somebody is eligible based on if they are a first-time offender or not. And that, that's where it got really murky, is uh, and, and what defines a first-time offender? At best, this case on that issue is murky and unclear. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, hopefully uh, cases like this lead to a little more clarity in the law. Maybe they'll uh, revise it again and add a little bit of clarity or at least some instructions on it. That would be very good. Um, now, to, to follow up on, uh, on Mr. Broaden, uh, he uh, ended up being released on uh, personal recognizance. Correct. Uh, and uh, his case has been continued until August 29th, when the next uh, pretrial hearing will be mm -hmm. held. There are also conditions, too. Um, yeah, I believe there's no, no alcohol, uh, no contact with the victim. Stay away order and no. uh, not to own pets uh, <clears throat> during the pendency of this case. Um, the alcohol-free order uh, was issued because in the second attack on April 12th, uh, the victim said that he had been drinking. Mm -hmm. And you wonder if maybe some of that, the treatment that they had talked about that he had undergone earlier, mm -hmm. we don't know, but uh, you wonder if that could be related. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, well, that's... So it's a very interesting case. We don't usually see this uh, very often. Um, it's As you said earlier, it's not just a domestic abuse or an animal cruelty case, although the, those by themselves are, are terrible cases. It is, involves an interesting twist, and that's why we wanted to bring it to... Yeah, I didn't know much about the Valor Act before you wrote the story, attention. so yeah. yeah. All right, well, you can always read Kurt's work uh, in the Standard Times and on SouthCoastToday.com. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Omni, wherever you get your podcasts. It's probably there. And uh, thanks for being here, Kurt. Thank you, Brandon, for hosting this.